Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. I'm not ready. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. Wow. You enjoy your drink. drink. It's a good I'm drink. sorry. Is the show getting in the way of your drink? A little, honestly. <laughs> and welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. We're enjoying our drinks, clearly. Anyways, listeners, thank you for joining us. Yes. Hi. We missed you and your faces and your ear holes. All of the holes. Oh. (laughs) I'm sorry. Tracy, it's the first episode since inauguration. How are you doing? How are you holding up? Let's just, like, have an emotional check-in real quick. You know? So for a while, Trump presidency was like, I was feeling myself. I was like, to quote our president-elect slash president now, talking to black people, what do you have to lose? (laughs) It's like nothing. (laughs) I was feeling wild, carefree. Wow. Zero, zero fucks were being given. Mm. And then the reality of the situation. When did the reality set in for you? Uh, Day two when his like press secretary... Like, I don't know why all of media was like, we can't believe he's this bad. I mean, obviously, everybody in his camp is trash, right? Yeah. We, like, we can say that at this point. But he smooth came out and said, like, a straight up lie. He's he like, was like, this inauguration <laughs> had the most people at any public event anywhere in the world ever. And then it didn't because we, we have facts we, and data to back up. We can see. Stuff. Also, we can see eyes. The pictures, right? <laughs> Literally, we seen it. We seen it. Like, what are you doing? It makes me so nervous that they lie about shit that's so easy. That's so obvious. So obvious, and just like so easy to like validate. We're bringing facts to a knife fight, a gunfight, maybe, oh. probably. Second Amendment. Shout out yeah. to the Second Amendment. Anyways, so I'm feeling a little bit like. What do you do in a post-fact universe? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Getting a little demoralized. Apocalypse. <laughs> How do we prepare for the race wars? Et cetera, um, et cetera. It honestly just feels so surreal. It feels like a fever dream. And it feels like I'm going to wake up and be like, yo, I had the craziest dream, fam. We were in the worst timeline ever. <laughs> ever. I had a dream that Donald Trump ran for the All the worst decisions, we made them. Yes. <laughs> it sucks and it's weird. And it's been, what, a handful of days. A handful and it's already just over the top. I'm so, so exhausted already. A thing that I think we should do is to just, you know, it's not too soon to remember the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the good old days so were like what, last, last week? week? So we're going to we're gonna reflect on some of Obama's most joyous moments, the moments that gave us the most joy. Because it seems like it was so far away. I know. Uh, we just need a, we just need a, just a boost, just a little hit in the veins. Hey, man, got any more of that Obama? Oh, my God. You ain't got no more, huh? <laughs> I don't know if Obama would appreciate that. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is so serious. No, but it's like not real drugs, so it's okay. It's, it's huh? Obama drugs. <laughs> Michelle LaVon Robinson, girl of the South Side. I have no more campaigns to run. I know because I won both of them. I'm a mellow sort of guy. And that's why I invited Luther, my anger translator, to join me here tonight. Hold on to your lily white butts. Welcome to another edition of Between Two Ferns. It must kind of stink, though, that you can't run, you know, three times. Actually, I think it's a good idea. You know, if I ran a third time, it'd be sort of like doing a third hangover movie. Didn't really work out very well, did it? I chose to run for president at this moment in history because I believe deeply that we cannot solve the challenges of our time 
unless we solve them together, unless we perfect our union. Tomorrow, Iowa, tomorrow from the granite of New Hampshire to the Rockies of Colorado, from the valleys of Ohio to these Iowa fields, we will keep America moving forward. And if it can change a room, it can change a city. And if it can change a city, it can change a state. And if it can change a state, it can change a nation. And if it can change a nation, it can change the world. Are you fired up? Ready to go? Fired up? Ready to go? I'm the son of a black man from Kenya and a white woman from Kansas. I am married to a black American who carries within her the blood of slaves and slave owners. For as long as I live, I will never forget that in no other country on earth is my story even possible. I have to say why people hate you and they supposed to love you. Well, now, first of all, uh, I did get elected president, so not everybody hates me now. Tonight, for the first time, I am releasing my official birth video. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. Martin Luther walks to Barack Obama could run. Barack Obama ran so all the children could fly. It is true that behind closed doors I curse more than I do publicly. And sometimes I get mad and frustrated like everybody else does. But at my core, I think we're going to be okay. We just have to fight for it. We have to work for it and not take it for granted. And with that, I just have two more words to say. Obama out. Oh, that was beautiful. What a, what a blessing to have spent eight years with this man and his family. Right? Yeah. There are children who grew up with Obama only as president. Oh, my gosh. My nephew who is two, he's never going to know a day where he has not had a black president before. Mm, we're going to miss you, Obama. We are. Come on another round. And while we're on this subject, our good friend Tunde Olaniran, who you've heard on the show before, uh, wrote a little goodbye song for Obama, a parody to the tune of Miss Mariah Carey's We Belong Together. So here's a teeny tiny preview, and we're going to put the lyrics to the rest of the song because this man wrote an entire song. Mm. We're going to put the lyrics in our newsletter. So in case you want to sing it to yourself when you're feeling a little emotional and you just need some musical um, ministry to get you through, you can do that. Mm. And it's really commotional because it makes me very, (laughs) it just makes me feel things and I'm not ready to feel. The feeling now that our POTUS no longer has your charm. I feel so vulnerable without Michelle Obama's arms. The Oval Office just won't be the same, so won't you stay right here? Cause baby. Today. Subscribe to the newsletter so you can get your hands on the rest of the lyrics. And, like, if you wanted to, like, sing it yourself and then, like, send us the audio or maybe a video of you singing it, I mean, we wouldn't be mad. So if that's what you're into, please feel free.
We're going to chat with Joy Reid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to, oh my God, we got to debrief all the things. We got to debrief the inauguration, uh, the Women's March. She was there. Like, she's a news person, so she'd be knowing. Right. And we kind of have to talk about how to cover Trump, how to talk about him. And, like, how do we decode his fucking press people's, like, lives? Just straight up lies. <laughs> we need to debrief. Okay, so we've been through a lot as a country in the past <laughs> in the past few days. Um, we have a new president. Uh, you might be a little stressed out about it. You might not know how to feel about it. So to help us sort some stuff out, hopefully we have invited one of our favorite people from MSNBC. Miss Joy Reid is here, and she's going to give us the read, I do believe, that the Trump inauguration deserves. <laughs> Ooh, okay. No pressure. No, no pressure, pressure. But the avenue was there, you know? <laughs> so in case you don't know who Joy is, she is the host of the Weekend Political Talk Show on MSNBC AM, Joy. She has a new book out called We Are the Change We Seek, The Speeches of Barack Obama, which she co-edited with E.J. Dion Jr. She's nominated for not one, but two NAACP Image Awards, including one for Outstanding Host. And she used to be managing editor at The Grio. And now she's here in our studio. Hey. Hi, Joy. How Thanks are you? Thanks for having me. This is great. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you. So we have to we have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is three doors down. <laughs> <laughs> like, the inauguration was so whack. <laughs> that was terrible. Have, did you watch any of it? No. I but had we, to for work. Oh, you had to watch it. But it was just like, you know, Obama had like Stevie Wonder and Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah, Jay-Z, Listen, Beyonce. I don't even think that was a good Three Doors Down concert. Like, they didn't even <laughs> do Kryptonite, which is like the only song that we know by them. You know, honestly, I never heard of them. I didn't know who they really? were. So some of my staff who are, you know, on the younger side <laughs> were trying to explain to me who they were. And they were going through and singing their catalogs. When they got to Kryptonite, I kind of knew what that was. You were like, oh, I've heard this in a commercial. It, Exactly. <laughs> it was sort of depressing a bit. It was sad. Yeah. So is it safe to assume that there was never like a two-step from you? Did you ever like dance a little bit, like a little show to bounce? I, I might have been drinking some of this bourbon while I was watching it. I'm not sure. I so was, you were dancing to other songs. Yeah, I was watching it for head. work. I wasn't watching it for enjoyment. Mm, mm. <laughs> More for research. Gotcha. But you were at the Obama inauguration. You seen it with your own eyes. Yes. And you seen the Trump inauguration. <laughs> On the telly. Yes. No. Yes. People are disputing the numbers. Somehow. And by people, I mean our president. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just hear for once and for all, whose was bigger? Because men are very into that. It's very thing. important to Donald Trump. Who's I know. Was bigger? I mean, if you talk to anybody who's a biographer of his or have interviewed him for a long time, he's an extremely insecure man because he's very weird with his own body image. So he's You mean so, as far as like the hand thing, his, his own body hands, image? He's always wearing a coat. He's very insecure. He also has very long ties. Very long ties. He's just an insecure person. I mean, but on the issue of the size of his inauguration, mm-hmm. the 2008 inauguration was massive. Yeah. I've never seen that many people in one place at mm-hmm. one time. There were 1.8 million people there. Um, and there's a way that we figure it out. Like, there are researchers who look at the square footage. It's unknowable. Of the, what are you talking it's, about? It's <laughs> not a mystery. <laughs> no one can know ever. It's not. And it felt like 1.8 million people was freezing, but people mm. were still there. We got on the metro. I stayed at my cousin's house in Maryland. We got on the, on the train at 5.15 in the morning oh, and barely made it. We wow. barely made it. Yeah. And then 2012 was similar. It was a little smaller. There were 1.2-ish million people. But it was still like the excitement, yeah. the, you know, the palpable excitement, the huge stars. Mm-hmm. You know, watching it even on television, it seemed really muted, the Trump inauguration. I wasn't yeah. there physically, but the pictures don't lie. Yeah. There weren't a lot of folks. 
There wasn't. It was so many empty seats and bleachers. So Katie Turr, our fabulous reporter at uh-huh. MSNBC, she was riding along with the tracking shot. You go by as the parades are going by, mm. empty stands. Yeah. Even George W. Bush got some people in the Listen. seats. Listen. <laughs> people didn't like the fact the Supreme Court made him president, but mm. they still came. There was just, mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Y'all okay. here. Okay. <laughs> so what did you make of the inauguration coverage as a journalist, as someone who herself is, you know, you know how news You're works. in it. Yeah. yeah. You know, what I do find frustrating is that I think journalists, and I think it comes from a good place, have this real deep desire to normalize what we see, to mm-hmm. make Trump fit into all the metrics of a normal president. So we mm-hmm. cover the inauguration normally. There's the pageantry of succession. Mm-hmm. And to kind of block out everything else we know. But we know so much particularly on the Russia stuff, on the involvement of a foreign government and getting him in, on his own strange, erratic and authoritarian behavior. Like we know so much Mm -hmm. that it's hard for me to put that aside and do the pageantry and look at their first dance and, oh, it's so sweet. What is Melania wearing? I can't do that. Now, I know a lot of journalists feel like they have to do that and that you Mm -hmm. have to form relationships with the press secretary and do the normal things. But just today, Trump's administration blocked the USDA, the Department of Agriculture, from releasing any information at all to the public, Mm. even research we pay for. They're doing things that are so bizarre and Mm -hmm. not normal that Mm. I just cannot fit them into normal. But there is this tendency among the media to just try to make him fit normal president. So you said that you yourself can't do that. So what do you do instead? Well, what we do on the show is we point out all the ways in which he's not normal. Mm. I mean, we've been reporting on the Russia stuff since last summer. Mm. We first heard about this dossier, about the rumors of what Russia might have on Donald Trump since July of last year. And we've been trying to get it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we kind of tell the unvarnished truth and the scary truth because, look, panic is not really an option because it's not helpful. But... This is alarming. The things that are happening in Washington are not what normally happen, at least not in the United States. Yeah. There are authoritarian countries, Middle Eastern countries, where this is the way it works. You know, the old Hosni Mubarak regime in Egypt. Yeah. This is how it was. My father's country, the Congo. Yep, pretty much like this. Mm-hmm. Gambia, where the guy just skated with $11 million. I heard about that. Yeah, he paid his family with the state money. But uh-huh. in this country, we're not supposed to have this, but we are. Yeah. And I feel like the media needs to catch up. What do you think we can learn from authoritarian sort of regimes, past and present. (laughs) Yeah. I think the regime that we should most be studying and that Americans should start reading up on is the current authoritarian regime in Russia. Mm. Because Trump is really, in a lot of ways, emulating Vladimir Putin, who came back to power in 2011, oddly enough, by throwing a sex tape out or confirming a sex tape on arrival of the then leader of Russia. He, as the head of the KGB, you know, once KGB, always KGB. If you change the name (laughs) to FSB. You know how it go. (laughs) You know how once you go KGB. You You never never go back. I think that's what they say in the street. (laughs) And one thing you have to learn is, number one, they're never going to willingly tell you the truth. So you have to dig. Um, having relationships is not the way you're going to get the facts and the information. Mm. You know, being able to go out with to, to drinks with the press secretary is not how you're going to find things out. Mm. You need sources. You need leaks. You're going to need people to talk internally. Mm. This is going to become very dangerous for people in the government. If you're in the USDA now and you find out that the pipeline that we just approved um, through North Dakota and <laughs> South Dakota and that area mm. um, could potentially poison the water of millions of people mm. because it punctures the aquifer, which eventually it's going to do. Right. 
and you can't get out that information so people know not to put a garden in their backyard because the soil is poisoned, but they won't let you tell. Mm. Somebody's going to have to be brave enough to tell. Mm. So we're we're going to be, I think, in a situation where we can't act like we're in the normal United States. We need to transport ourselves to an authoritarian system. It's going to take more bravery for people in government to talk to us. Yeah, And yeah. also they lie. They, they will lie to camera. Yes. <laughs> How do yes. you deal with people who will just lie to camera? That's actually a, a question that we have for you. Because, like, my thing is, like, I watch them on TV talking about alternate facts. I'm just like, that's not a thing. And Yo. I'm just like, they're clearly, like, building and spinning this alternate reality. So how do we handle that? Yeah, and I think there's an internal debate going on across the media. I really mm. do. Because having the administration on and having representatives of that side on is part of your job. Mm-hmm. You have to let people know what the administration is doing and saying. So you got to talk to them at some point. But, you know, we've had this internal debate on our show. We really didn't have Trump surrogates on mm. after the election, uh, really up until last week. But our debate is how do we get out their information? I think you have to show what they say. I don't think you have to read every single thing he tweets. Mm -hmm. But there's a certain point at which having an argument with somebody about whether or not that picture with 250,000 people in it is really a picture of 1.5 million people is a waste of time. Right. I don't know about y'all, but I'm feeling a little heavy. Is there anything that you find uh, hope in as far as Trump's presidency, aside from the end of it, which is what I'm hopeful about? But, like, do you think that, like... (laughs) He is capable of doing any good in what will hopefully be his only four years in office. Well, I think actually, yes, I think there's one thing that's going to really flourish under Trump, and that's the arts. Mm. Not because of funding, because I think they're going to withdraw Certainly. all the funding. <laughs> and they're going to kill Sesame Street. It's all gone. Elmo! Elmo, oh, no. rest in peace, little guy. <laughs> You're so sweet. Pour one out for Elmo. Pour one out. Yeah. But no, I think the arts are going to flourish because, look, comedy is having a renaissance. Essence Saturday Night Live is in its, like, best life ever. And I've been really reading a lot of cartoons. The illustrated cartoon industry is having a renaissance because they can satire this administration in a way. And let's just face it, Barack Obama was hard to satire. Like, he himself was funny, Uh but he was hard to make fun of because he didn't really do anything funny. He just kind of talk like this and so you can sort of make fun of his voice but that's about it like he didn't do anything funny yo that's an excellent Barack really it's good. not a bad Barack I do so now I think the arts and comedy are going to have a renaissance and I think mediums like this I mean there's a great opportunity for journalists outside of the mainstream to really flourish mm-hmm. because there is a real vital resistance movement it's real it's vibrant mm-hmm. and it's going to need people to voice it and to draw it and to make art about it and mm-hmm. I think we're going to rediscover a genuine civil rights movement mm-hmm. you know Know, what Reverend Dr. William Barber is doing in North Carolina is amazing, but it's also contagious. Ooh. And I think people are going to fight and stop being so complacent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you know, made me feel a lot better. I know. Yeah. I wow. never thought about what's going to happen to the arts. Because <laughs> yes. me, myself, personally, I'm so excited. I said this on Twitter to disrespect the fuck out of this. Yes. I'm for so the next ready. four years. I'm so ready. And I he's so easy to trigger. All you so have to say easy. is small inauguration. <laughs> and he's like, this is fine. <laughs> Yo, that's real. Twitter fingers, trigger fingers, it's happening. Mm. And it's all day. Like, you could wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you Mm. know he'll be awake and reading your tweet. You're like, I have some thoughts, Mm. (laughs) y'all. Let's talk a little bit more about the resistance, because the Women's March was right after inauguration and had Uh pointedly more people there, which is, I think... Pointedly. Part of the reason he feels away. Not only 
where yeah. there are not that many people at his mm-hmm. compared to Obama's. But there were more who came out for a women's thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> for a girl. Right. No, but you know what? And you make a good point because here's the thing. Where our set was mm. was um, like, you know, above the march. So we could see it from below and we could see Union Station. And our crew had been there for both. They were there for Inauguration Day and they were there for this. Mm-hmm. And every as soon as I got off the train, people were like, there's a lot more people here. Mm. There's a lot more people here. It was like ants. As far as the eye could see were people. We're talking about half a million people pouring in. Just to give you an idea, the estimate for Trump's inauguration was about 750,000 were going to come. Mm-hmm. He got 250,000. The estimate for the Women's March was 200,000. They got at least 500,000 and probably wow. more. There's now estimates that there were up to 700,000 people in LA. Mm-hmm. You're talking about another, what, you know, 100, 200,000 in New York. Mm-hmm. This is like millions and millions yeah. and millions of people around the world. Around the world. That's historic. The, that's the wild thing. So I've had a lot of very complicated feelings about the Women's March. I myself did not go for several reasons. One, I don't do crowds. Because in yeah, my head, just... I'm just like, when somebody starts running, that's it. <laughs> we're all we're all out of here. And being right. black in a giant crowded space with police is not, yeah. has not historically, you know, worked no. out for us always. Not typically. <laughs> Unless there are tons of white women there, which is fine. And then we get to congratulate everybody on how civil everyone was. And no one got arrested. So, I mean, that would have worked out in our favor, at least. Yeah. But my thing was, whenever there's like a capital F feminism, like women's issue, such as something broad like reproductive rights. I know that white women are going to come out in droves. So I'm like, y'all got it. Y'all don't, you know, having my physical presence there, it's not going to tank y'all. Because, you know, you're you're there. You're on the front lines with issues that pertain immediately to you. But I just, I knew that if this had been, like, organized by Black Lives Matter protesters, it wouldn't have been no however many hundreds of thousands out there, you know? So I didn't feel pressed to go. And I'm very curious if you would have gone to the march if you didn't have to cover it. Um, That's a good question. I had some of the same feelings, honestly, um, Mm -hmm. about the march going in, because my thing was you have an election in which you have a woman president on the ballot. Yeah. um, And black women suited up and said, we're we're here for you. We're going to vote for this. Ninety four percent of black women, I believe. Can (laughs) we get that statistic one more time? Ninety four percent. Yeah. Hispanic woman said we're there. Sixty six percent said we're there. Mm -hmm. Asian American woman said we're down. Sixty five percent. We're here for you. Mm -hmm. White women, not so much, right? Mm. Um, Hillary Clinton lost um, the white woman's vote. She lost white voters with a college degree. Mm. She barely won white women with a college degree, but it was like 52-48, like Mm -hmm. barely. And the presumption of the Clinton campaign was that not only would she be able to win white women with a college degree, but that she'd be able to eat into Republican Mm. white women. And you can tell by the ads. All their ads were, our children are watching, our children are watching, Trump is vulgar, our children are watching. Uh That's all the ads Mm -hmm. for African-American women she had the mothers of the movement out there mm-hmm. at the last minute she had Bay and, and Jay-Z come out to <laughs> Philly but you know there it's an interesting sort of dynamic where white women you know look you didn't have to tell black people twice no. there's a qualified potential right. black president we're voting for him Hello. <laughs> there's no question right. you didn't have to convince us to do that mm-hmm. if you had a great I mean I even talked to Hispanics who would have voted for Marco Rubio despite the fact that he disagrees with them on almost anything yeah. everything because they're saying you know if there's a qualified good Hispanic president we want to take that chance mm-hmm. so it, it's it's a little odd to me for predominantly white women to say you know now we're going to march after it's already over. I mean, mm. where your ass was at? So I get that. And so I had a little bit of that sort of mm-hmm. attitude toward it, too. Now, what they did do is they cleaned it up. They changed the name from Million Women's March, which yeah. was problematic because yeah. there was already a woman, you know, black woman Hello. organized the Million Women's March. Mm-hmm. And they recruited more 
women of color to lead it and some actually really good ones. I mean, Tamika yeah. Mallory is a dynamic, incredible young leader mm-hmm. who's coming up. So the Women's March becomes a thing. And then were the women of color organizers added later? Or was it always like a group of very diverse women? It, they were added later. They, okay. Yeah. It, at the, in the beginning, I'm not sure who. I think Bob Bland. Uh, there's a woman named Bob Bland who I think was one of the original organizers. Mm-hmm. And as they realized that this problem, this intersectional yeah. problem was happening and that they needed to broaden and diversify, they then recruited a Latina organizer mm-hmm. and a um, you know, Muslim American organizer. Very and, much a rainbow coalition. A rainbow coalition. We they need one that. of each. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, were, when you were at the march, did it feel like an inclusive space? Did you see any all lives mattering happening <laughs> because I asked on Twitter and I was like um, you know if you were there with like a sign that was race related how were mm-hmm. you perceived and most people overwhelmingly said you know it was great we got lots of cheers but some people were like you know what I had a sign that said black lives matter and I got a lot of dirty looks hmm. we heard some older white women yelling all lives matter and they got shouted down so did you see any of that you know what's interesting I came over on the Amtrak um, the last Amtrak out the night before um, mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of white people on the train with Black Lives Matter signs, traveling mm. with them, including uh-huh. white men. It was very interesting. Yeah. The groups of people. First of all, the trains were jammed. Yeah. Every seat was taken. And there were a lot of, of white people going to the march with signs. There was a woman um, who had a sign that said, in this house, Black Lives Matter. It was a white mm. woman. Mm-hmm. So I actually saw the opposite, right? But I did, you know, we interviewed Erica Alexander, mm-hmm. um, who, of course, is always going to be Maxine on Living Single uh-huh. to me. Or But now she's... Also Cousin Pam. Cousin Pam show. on the Cosby Show. <laughs> <laughs> but now she's Hollywood's crazy ex-wife mm. on Queen Sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so we interviewed her, and she had some of those same feelings. But in the end, she wound up coming because her attitude was, look, we're, you know, whatever happened before the election, whatever failures mm-hmm. of people before, um, the fight now is everybody's fight. And yeah. I think there's a feeling that women are really in jeopardy. And when women are in jeopardy, black women are in triple jeopardy. Mm. Oof. Yes. There were a few Melania signs, weren't there? Oh, yeah. Free Melania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were just warning us about <laughs> the threat of the Melania yeah, conversation. Yeah, like seeing her as like a victim of her president. I feel like you have some thoughts. It's interesting because, you know, somebody tweeted, Melania never smiles and she's perceived as a victim. Mm. If uh, Michelle Obama doesn't smile, she's perceived as angry. Yes, mm. Lord. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. It, this woman supported her husband's birtherism. She was as much a birther as her husband. Mm-hmm. It's on tape. She Joy Behar interviewed her and tried to get her to walk back from it, and she wouldn't. Let's play a little bit of that oh. tape. Yeah. Do you want to see President Obama birth certificate I've or not? I've seen it. I've seen it. It's, it's not the birth certificate. Well, it's a, it's a certificate of live birth, right, which they but, give. But Melania, that if they... If he insists on what he's saying, then no one in Hawaii can ever run for president because they all get the same live birth certificate. But it's on display in Chicago. We've seen it on the Internet. We've seen it. It's it's not the same as yours, but, but it's a certificate of live birth. Well, I've, uh, we feel it's it's different than, you know, birth certificate. All right, well, there there are things that she's done to advance some of the negative things that her husband has done. She hasn't shrunk back from it. She's fully right. supportive of him. You can't be neutral on a moving train. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I feel sorry for her. He, he's very unchivalrous. He walked out of that limo and left that poor lady with that tip. Oh, my God. <laughs> so awkward. Yo, why Michelle do Obama's care more about your wife than you? Come on, fam. What you doing? You look terrible. And Michelle was like, I don't want that box, but let me help you, baby. Right Come on. There. She's like, what am I supposed to do with this? She's like, what the, what the fuck is this shit? What is this? What's Come on, honey. Let's get you inside. Your husband left you. Come on, mama. I got you, girl. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Uh, she's sort of a victim, but she's sort of a perpetrator, too. She's yeah. part of it. And, you know, the idea, too, that she's given passes on things that Michelle Obama would never be given passes on. 
I mean, I won't, I don't, I, you know, I'm never one to shame somebody for, you know, posing nude. Whatever they want to do is fine. Right. But I'm just saying the difference. I just realized that, you know, to be a, a black president or a black first lady, you have to be absolutely perfect. And even yes. then you're going to be destroyed. Yeah. I mean, M- Michelle Obama was called an ape, a monkey. And that was just like last two weeks. Listen. <laughs> and then yeah. they like lose their jobs and then quietly get that job back. Yeah. That's right. They like, they like dun, dun, issue dun. an apology and go to like fucking what is it like race rehab or something <laughs> in Arizona and then they, in spa. Arizona aka the spa I know and then they come back cured and I'm like okay okay yeah. so it's a very just generally difficult media environment right now and we as part of the media in general mm-hmm. but like obviously occupy a very specific space <laughs> uh, we are always trying to help our listeners become more media literate and more just savvy about navigating what yeah. the heck is going on and yeah. also to help ourselves also <laughs> also that. mostly it's for ourselves yes. <laughs> so do you have any tips for like media consumption how to be a more media literate consumer I mean, I am a big on multiple sources of information. Um, you can't just believe one source that you read. You need to read backup sources. So if you read something in, you know, BuzzFeed and then you also read it in Huffington Post and then it's repeated in the Washington Post, it's repeated in the New York Times, pretty good, you know, idea that it's true. Mm-hmm. And I think especially with this current administration, you need to read investigative journalists. You know, we have on people like Kurt Eichenwald a lot, um, people who are really digging in and investigating, not people who are getting access. You know, um, Mm. David Farenthold is a really great journalist that was digging into Trump's foundation. Mm. The investigative journalists are the people to follow on Twitter, to follow on social media, and to read right now because they're not getting information at a press conference with Sean Spicer. They're digging for the information. Mm. And then there are also people like Malcolm Nance, who is a former naval intelligence officer who we have on a lot, Naveed Jamali, people who are actually in the game, who are in the CIA, FBI game, who can tell you what's happening. Sarah Kenzie, who studies authoritarian regimes, find those people, follow Mm. them on social media and listen to what they're saying. Because at a certain point, people who start talking about authoritarianism are going to sound crazy. Mm -hmm. You're going to start to feel crazy. There's a gaslighting that happens in these kind of regimes where you start to feel like maybe I'm insane. Mm. Maybe thinking all of this Russia stuff is happening. Maybe I'm crazy. You're not crazy. Martina Navratilova has been tweeting. She came from the Eastern Bloc. She's saying, you're not crazy. Gary Kasparov, who's a former Russian national who lives here now, saying, you're not crazy. Mm -hmm. This is really happening. The Mm. bad things you see, you're seeing them. Mm. Believe your own eyes. Believe Believe what you're seeing, what you're hearing. Don't panic, but believe yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, we are going to put your recs in our newsletter so we can get more folks listening to legit sources and not all the craziness floating around out there. Do you do you have any like uh, Twitter lists or like what is your media diet? Yeah. Well, I have I, I follow probably a little bit too much on Twitter, but and I pick them up as I go. As I read somebody, um, there's a guy named Adam Cotton who I recently discovered and started following him. Um, there's the, the guy who does Trump leagues. This guy Scott Dworkin. I'll pick them up as I go along because people I trust are following them, mm-hmm. and so they start to show up in my Twitter stream. Twitter is really a great tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you follow good people, you'll get good stuff. And by the way, Facebook has some work to do, and I'm less Ugh. confident in them right now. I think they're trying to change it. But a lot of what happened in this last election is you have people, entrepreneurs, who come up with fake news stories, yes. flood them into Facebook. And, and everybody it, believes them. And people believe them more than they believe the real yes. news. Right. The Internet will always reward that kind of behavior. Always. Absolutely. So you have to be really careful. Mm. You heard that, Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are listening. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I think that uh, the hope I have, though, is social media is so powerful. It's mm-hmm. connecting people in this really great organic way. It's a lot harder to repress a population that is awake. 
So you have to just stay Ooh. awake, right? It, mm-hmm. and if, I believe the term is uh, stay woke. Stay, stay woke. woke. Yeah. Who <laughs> said that one of the celebrities got up on stage? I think it was was it Scarlett Johansson or one of them. It was uh, so Lord. weird. Oh wow! I did Sorry. Ashley Judd. I think it was Ashley Judd. Who, I it heard was, about Ashley Judd. It was her like uh, performance spoken word ask. <laughs> she did uh, a thing. She was all over the place. She I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I went out of this conversation. <laughs> So this is a blast. We're going to turn the fun up by like seven points. I think we've got. Okay, solid seven. seven. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I said any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute, Tracy. <laughs> I've not had enough bourbon for this. Uh, so now we're going to switch to a segment that we call Pew, Pew, Pew. And okay. this is uh, our rapid fire question segment. Oh, God. The goal is always rapid fire. It's always kind of like. We take some deep sometimes. Fire, so, <laughs> Semi-rapid fire. Okay. No, no pressure. Um, okay. Question one. What is your favorite bourbon cocktail? Oh, bourbon and ginger beer, which I think mm. I invented. Yeah. It's no, I've never heard definitely. of it before now. <laughs> yeah. I make it. I, I put ginger beer in anything. All my ginger cocktails so are ginger good. beer based. Yeah. Mm. Do you think, is that, I feel like Africans do that a lot. Ginger I'm beer? half African. Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm half African. That might be African. <laughs> Speaking of you being African, a little bird told me that you do a really, really great impression of your father, who you mentioned earlier is from the Congo. <laughs> yes. Well, he's dead now, so he won't mind me doing it. Um, oh, yeah. my. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh He's my passed goodness. away. We weren't close, as you can probably tell. Oh no, my. I sometimes do my impression of my father where I say, um, Joanne, when are you going to get married? <laughs> you're standing here and you're being on the television. I don't understand why you're doing it. You need. I'm going to use two goats. I'm going to buy you a husband. <laughs> I'm going to trade two goats and you're going to have a man. You should not be on television. That is not for women. Why are you wearing those pants? Pantsuits. I don't understand, Hillary. I, don't I prefer George Hillary. Bush. <laughs> Why is she wearing pants? That's why her husband was not faithful to her. Oh, <laughs> Lord, this took all the turns. <laughs> Women should not like, be leadership. I mm. feel like this is all, these are all things Steve Harvey would say. <laughs> <laughs> things Steve Harvey. You no, know, my father was a conservative. He was a Reaganite. Mm. Yeah, he was, a, he was very conservative. Yeah, I've got similar dad things, but yeah. we're not here to talk about me. Okay. <laughs> um, next question. Next question. Punching Nazis. Yes or hell yes? Listen. <laughs> Conway punched somebody. What Yo, do you mean? So if Kellyanne can punch somebody at a party in a ball gown, okay. I think we can a punch a Nazi. Gown. Wait, what is this? So the state of affairs is so chaotic that Kellyanne Conway was seen punching someone, and we are just now talking about it. <laughs> Who did so she punch? So much stuff has happened since inauguration. At an inaugural ball, at the Liberty Ball, she punched someone in a ball, in a red dress. In a, she was wearing a gown. So okay. It, uh, if what? if she can punch a party guest, I think a Nazi yeah. or two can get a little bit of a face punch. I don't think it's <laughs> what I mean. It was just surprising me to read that coming from her because she has such a when she's on cable news, she's so like poised. Poised is a yeah. composed. I yeah. would there say you go. she's very composed and mm-hmm. like doesn't blink when she moves from sentence one to alternative <laughs> facts. It's like her lips move, but there's never any like passion or fire. There's no like life out. in her body. There's no <laughs> life behind that. This is what we're no trying. The evil witch still has it in the forest. <laughs> no comment. But yeah, she threw she threw hands. She did. She what? punched somebody. She's a she's a little thing. She's a slight Mormon, but she's oh. totally we heard him. Yeah. Well, we can definitely punch Nazis in. Yeah, that's fine. Kellyanne Conway said so. <laughs> <laughs> what is the last show that you binge watched? 
Oh, well, I did binge watch Queen Sugar because, see, after mm. the election, I had a, I had a buildup of shows. Mm. So I alternated between Queen Sugar, which I had to binge watch all because mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with it, and Black Mirror. So pretty. Oh, do you have a favorite oh Black God, Mirror episode? Yes. Oh, my God. The first one was so crazy, but I like the one where they were on the treadmill. Only because it was so dystopic. Really? I found it just so crazy and dystopic. That was my least favorite one. You didn't like that no. one? No. I think it's because there was exercise involved. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't relate to any of this. <laughs> Sorry, can't relate. <laughs> Next. <Exactly. laughs> um, ooh, ooh, ooh. I know I'm asking all the questions. But speaking of Erica Alexander, a.k.a. Cousin Pam, a.k.a. Maxine Shaw, Attorney mm-hmm. of Law, Ride the Maverick from Living Single. <laughs> okay. Are you really aware well. of how much you two favor each other? We took a picture together, which this I'm going to show it's you. It's right here. No, oh, yes. it's right here. I got it ready. And I, when I saw the you picture, look like twins. We could wow, be. This is my first time seeing it, and wow. Eric Alexander is my new play cousin because you know I mean, Jackie Reed is my play cousin. Mm. So now I have two play cousins. What? Play triplets. Play triplets. If you will, we're going to put this in the newsletter. It's such a beautiful picture. I but love y'all her. look. Y'all could have came out of the same person. Well, now we have the same haircut, which is awesome. Which also helps. Yes. <laughs> I, I love her. I think, she, And she's so smart and mm-hmm. so just brilliant in terms of, there are a lot of people like that, though. Look, Tashina Arnold mm. is nothing to sneeze at when it comes to knowledge mm-hmm. of politics. There are a lot of black women who are acting on the one hand, but also are brilliant and mm-hmm. really, you know, paying and woke, as we'll say. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of them just need a chance to, like, display it like yes. have somebody ask them questions about themselves and their beliefs that's right we are here no Mark Ruffalo only <laughs> <laughs> like why are we always hearing from Mark Ruffalo what <laughs> like he's not the only actor <laughs> I don't get that he I, I like looking at his face I I'm mean, not mad at it sure it's all right I'm not I excited like the sprinkled about it, you know pepper and I do like a salt and pepper he's I a good looking man he's yeah. like a looking man yeah, yeah I mean, he's a no Jeff Goldblum but all right okay we're, we're getting distracted. We are. We are, <laughs> we are taking a turn. What What song reminds you of your childhood? Hmm. Oh, that's a really good question. Hmm. Honestly, it, it's funny because the song my mother used to sing around the house all the time was How Great Thou Art. Uh, I'm not familiar. She would just walk around. Church. She was very churchy, and she would walk around singing. So every time I hear that song, I think of my childhood. Uh, <sighs> I would sing it, but nobody wants to. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a taste. <clears throat> no. <laughs> We're having a good you time. Tracy's like, Jesus, we thought she was going to do it. You I cleared know. your throat. We all lead back like, I mean, oh, I can. Out. That's the best part of that song is me clearing my throat. <laughs> I promise. Okay, so one thing I really admire about cable news people is they have the ability to really just have a stoic face in the face of pure absurdity. <laughs> yeah, just really good poker face. Yeah, yeah, like you don't even you don't even do the like slight nod to acknowledge you've heard someone. Mm-hmm. You're just like blank. Yeah. Or you you, you do react in like right. in a in a pointed way. Like how do you how do you perfect that kind of I'm listening face? See, I actually don't have that ability. That's kind of my biggest challenge is that I do make a face and my wonderful director always goes to my face when I make a face. So I can't get away with it really? because he will cut right to it. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you do have a mean side eye. Yeah, mm, and I can't control it. And I don't know I'm doing it. I, think I don't it's my think context. you should control it. Yeah. I feel like it's your right as an American citizen. Yeah, I think it's my context. I pay my taxes. You do. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's weird. And it's so hard because sometimes the things people are saying you think this has got to sound crazy right, to them. Right. Like alternate facts. Right. What how, the fuck? That's got to sound crazy when you say it. Like but, you have to hear how crazy you sound right. when you say it. <laughs> it's like you got to hear yourself back. Right. Because we had a guy one time on the show literally offer to pay us and like, I'll give you $100. Like we were like, 
to do Streetwalkers. If you, it was myself and Joan Walsh on the panel, and he's like, I'll give you $100 if you just ask a factual question. Just $100. And he started sort of baiting us. And, we're, and, and at the end of the segment, we went to break. I said to him, you know, I'm just going to give you a TV tip. Mm. That is a really bad idea. When you have two women sitting in front of you mm. and taking out money. And, he, right. Did he, like, physically produce money? He was reaching in his uh-uh. pocket like he was going to take money oh, out. And he's, he's actually, I think, going into the White House as, as an the advisor. Of course. Of course. <laughs> But I just invited, I told, wow. he had another segment he was going to do. And that's and the like, only no. time I've ever said, goodbye. Wow. Go, don't come time? back. Yeah. I mean, there's some other people that we decided, no, you know, it's not worth having them back because the things they're saying are patently untrue and we're wasting valuable TV time arguing about things that are just wildly, easily, mm-hmm. provably untrue. Do you untrue. think that will happen with Kellyanne Conway? <laughs> anyone ever say no well you know there's a guy named jay rosen who's a professor at nyu who's put it out there Mm. he said don't interview it now there and and again these are the debates that really are happening Mm. and i'm convinced in in most news organizations is what do you do Mm -hmm. because do you just say we won't have the administration official on what do you do yeah it's tough so now this guy's in the white house who was who was the person you I don't even remember his name. He was an economic advisor to Trump. Yeah. Mm. There just there's some people who the conversation isn't doesn't feel productive at a certain mm-hmm. point. So you have to just weigh whether or not the entertainment value of arguing with them is really worth it. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, what is your favorite throwback sitcom? We've been talking a lot about Family Matters and Reginald oh. Bell Johnson lately. <laughs> it's been a weird day. The hands down, it's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <gasps> Easily, and and it's funny because my kids, you know, through the magic of YouTube, my mm-hmm. kids are like grown, you know, squatters live in my house, and I even like children anymore. <laughs> Damn, but they <laughs> squatters, they won't move. <laughs> Pay some rent. <laughs> right. They're in college. They're the like two older ones. Rice. Yeah. There's one in high school, so we have to let him stay. But the yeah. two older ones are By in law. college, so they really should go. Um, but I love them. Um, but they started watching it when they were younger. And so they were shocked to find out that, like, Will Smith is my age. I had to convince mm. them. They're like, they thought Will Smith was, like, a teenager. And yeah. I'm like, nope. Black don't <laughs> Like crack, Jay-Z, yeah. he's ours. Our generation. <laughs> we have everything good, and you just borrow it. <laughs> I love the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes. It was a good show. Favorite episodes? Um, you know, I, I can't I can't describe the episode, but it was the one where uh, at the end Will Smith goes and does an entire dance performance, <gasps> crying and upset, crying and like and leaves upset, the set and comes back, leaves the set, like, ah! goes back in, and yeah, yeah. Somehow I knew you were going to say that one. It's my favorite. It's so good. I, I don't it. remember that episode either. I just remember the outtakes. I just remember the outtakes <laughs> when he did that, and then he just did it forever, forever. and ever and ever and ever. And anyone with Carlton doing the yes, Carlton, yes. <laughs> Classic. There was also another outtake with Carlton doing that, right? And he was he did like, it too. Yeah, crawling himself, himself on, the floor. on the ground. Yeah, Man. it's not unusual. Tequila, I love it. We're excellent singers. Yes, yes. And you wanted me to sing earlier. You're welcome. The both of you. Joy, this has been a joy, a sheer delight. Oh, I wrote that yesterday. Last question: As a person whose name sounds happy. Yeah, <laughs> as a yeah. fellow person whose name sounds happy, this is the yes. most heaven question. <laughs> I love Do you it. ever struggle <laughs> with your name? Yes, because people right people expect you to be happy all the time, right? Yeah. Not generally happy, but um, you also get the every song with joy in it. Somebody thinks sure. that they're the first person to come every up song with, with it. heaven in it, or the, <laughs> heaven can wait. <laughs> got you, You're the first person to ever say that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, fam. I got joy to the world, joy and pain. You know, Ooh. every song with joy, in it, and people think they literally are the first person to ever yeah. say that to me. <laughs> That's the thing that convinces me: people do not think before they speak no. <laughs> at all. Are you kidding me? Like, at all. Or people just think that they're funnier and cleverer than they are. Really exactly. Are. 
siblings. Everyone else. Then yeah. everybody <laughs> on the earth. Heaven help us. Hey. You got it, buddy. You got it. Oh, man. Well, Joy, this has been delightful. It Thank has. you. It has been so much fun. Um, where can people find you in your work on the interwebs? You can find me. Um, everything is Joanne Reed. I keep it really simple. So my Twitter is Joanne Reed. And that's A-N-N, no E. No E. So mm-hmm. And it's not Joanne. <laughs> that's the other one, Joanne. Not Joanne. <laughs> um, so it's J-O-Y-A-N-N-R-E-I-D on Twitter, on Snapchat, and on Instagram, mm-hmm. and Joy Reed Official on Facebook. And you've got a show right here. And, of course, you can uh, <laughs> find us at AM Joy. AM Joy Show is the Twitter handle and am joy show is also on facebook awesome please come back anytime thank you you're welcome thank you thank you for the bourbon when trump got elected by some stretch of the imagination and white people Russia and white women, y'all did this. Yo. When y'all did what y'all did, and you know what you did. When Trump was elected, mm-hmm. oh, God bless y'all. We got some very real tips from y'all on what you're doing to take care of yourself, even when it feels like uh, the world is a giant garbage fire. Yeah, so you know that that picture that has been like in everybody's Twitter bios since it hit the internet with the dog in the cafe and the cafe's on fire? And the dog's like, this is fine. This is fine. How do you get to this is fine? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like actually believe it. How do you make the burning room that you're in feel fine? Well, our producer, Julia Furlan, wove your advice into what she likes to call an audio quilt. Which sounds so warm and fuzzy. I love it. And cozy and safe. Yes. Uh, We're hoping it brings you some comfort and calm before the storm. Yeah. The storm that is life. I'm Lanetta Honey, and I'm calling from Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, my name is Nay. I'm calling from North Carolina. From Orlando, Florida. St. Louis, Missouri. Columbus, Ohio. And I'm calling from Houston, Texas. I'm calling from Jonesboro, Georgia. I'm Sarah, and I'm calling from France, where I'm studying abroad. Here's my self-care since the devastating results of this election. Cracking open bottle after bottle of red wine. Drinking red wine. Uh, going to the art museum. Reading a lot of poetry. And reading Life Does Not Frighten Me by Maya Angelou with art by Basquiat. Some of the ways that I like to self-care by washing my bed sheets. I just think there's nothing like laying down on a nice fresh set of bed sheets. And I also like to burn some sage. Allowing myself to do one thing at a time. It's okay to just chill. I deleted Facebook and Twitter from my phone. I've been scheduling all my meetings in the morning, so I have to get out of bed. My self-care routine is walking 30 minutes a day, usually jamming out to some great music in my headphones, and enjoying the beauty of nature. Hi, I'm Kaya Thomas. I'm a college student and software developer. Uh, I've been trying to watch movies and TV shows written by and featuring black cast. Um, and really just trying to focus on what's next in terms of continuing the work that black women have been doing for years, but even before this election, and continuing to uplift and support black women. I've been talking a lot to my friends and family in the past few days to get support from them. I've been sending a lot of heart emojis and love messages to the people that are important to me. I'm speaking to people I haven't spoken to in a long time. Texting the people that I love multiple times a day to tell them how much I love them. Just telling them I appreciate their love and carry it with me. Um, And joking with my friends about how we're all going to be sent to gay conversion camp. I've made sure to eat all my meals and not get behind on my work so my anxiety doesn't act up. 
And I also bought a cat onesie, but we don't have to talk about that. I'm also looking into ways to volunteer and get involved in my community and local government. And I'm trying to take care of myself the way I would take care of a guest, which means using a clean spoon for my cereal, not the one from yesterday with the salsa crusted on it. Listening to angsty pop punk music that I loved in middle school and uh, pretending that it's 2008 again. It's not that hard to wash two spoons and it feels good to be taken care of even if it's me taking care of me. So I partnered with a high school teacher in Wisconsin whose school has an in-school food pantry for kids who need it. And they needed some gift cards for students, particularly girls. The gift cards are in the mail and I already feel calmer in a world that seems hopeless. My name is Busisiwe Kuzwayo. I am calling you from Johannesburg, South Africa. Hey y'all, I'm Nicole and I'm a writer. I feel really angry right now, so I've been turning to things that make me think of love. Just to, you know, have my focus and strength and energy focused on something other than what is currently, you know, uh, seeking to take me under. I need some softness in my life. I need some sweetness in my life right now. I don't know if sleep counts as a self-care, but girl, listen, a good nap, a good rest will do wonders for you. I've also been listening to a lot of Outkast because uh, I'm Southern and my Southern pride is not the scary kind. And Outkast makes me feel like just kind of a simpler time in, in life for me. Lastly, I speak to my grandmother. I call my grandmother and just hearing her voice and the love in it. It's an amazing feeling to love and be loved in that way. And my grandmother offers me that. But at the height of my anger, I've been listening to Jeff Buckley, The Smiths, Hozier, and Radiohead um, because I want to hear white boys suffering. I love you guys so much. Love you. Thank you for everybody who, number one, is finding a way to make it through. Mm. And number two, has been gracious enough to share your ways of making it through with the rest of us. We yes, hear you. thank you. We are always in the market for new self-care tips, so thank you. Thank you for real. Heaven, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what time it is? What time is it? It's time to buy rounds. It's time to buy rounds. It's time to buy a round. It's time to buy a round. It's time to buy a round. It's time. It's time. Hey. Who you been around for? Who or what? Um, okay, so walk with me. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Let me buckle my seatbelt. So there's this Netflix show called Chasing Cameron. Okay. Have you seen it? No. Okay. Uh, the it, it, it stands out. <laughs> <laughs> for good reasons or okay. no? So the like premise is like, they use the phrase social media influencer. <laughs> wow. So that's why it stands out. <laughs> Did my dad make this show? <laughs> so there's this kid named Cameron who's a social media influencer, which is how they identify him on How the show. old is Cameron? I think he is now 21. Okay. He's an aggressively average white boy, <laughs> as you can imagine. Sure. But I mean, like, is he like a professional social media influencer? Does he have a job? Okay. So, well, that's part of the journey. Okay. <laughs> So Chasing Cameron is a, a Netflix show following Vine star, Instagram star, kind of internet person, mm. Cameron Dallas. And he 
like the first five minutes, you're already blown away because he's mm-hmm. like this kid you've never seen, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you haven't seen. <laughs> I him. Listen, <laughs> and he it, it opens with like, oh my god, when I was at like Milan fashion show last year, I like shut it down, and like you see this footage of like a rabid mob of uh, fucking teenage girls who were like this like screaming for this guy you've never heard. It's like Beatle mania. For this rando. For some rando with Twitter. Named Cameron. Named Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I'm like, I'm in. I'm listening. Who is this guy? Are you? Why are these people chasing? I'm just curious. Like, why is... If if you, an American person, yeah. can go to Milan... Mm. Oh, and, and like, people in Milan know you. Yes. Okay, and like that's the, true. But they literally shut the streets of, uh, like, Milan fashion show down because the... The teens were like bombarding the hotel where he Snapchatted himself. That's egregious. So I'm like, who's this guy? Why? Why does he get a show? Who is he? Why do any teenage girls like him? So obviously, I was compelled. Yes, I'm in into it. <laughs> so he's basically one of a few teens who are in this thing called MagCon. Do you know what MagCon is? Let me think. There's no way you're gonna guess it. Mag. Does Mag stand for something? M A G. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, you're no, not gonna guess I it. I give up. I give it up. It stands for Meet and Greet Con, a conference of just meet and greets I'm, with this rando. I'm angry. Exactly. Who? What? So they're like, oh, my journey begins as Cameron Dallas, young middle schooler, taking photos. I was kind of a model. And you look at the photos, it's just like middle aggressively schooler. average white guy posing with a skateboard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm edgy. I'm cool. <laughs> So it's just like a few friends of his. They're they kind of do like social media stuff. They're on Vine. They're on whatever R.I.P. Vine. I just find the the journey of an aggressively average white guy to stardom. I find Mm -hmm. it to be truly inspirational. Hmm. Because when you look, when you watch, you're like, wow, (laughs) where are the talents? (laughs) What do they do at MagCon? You ask. They just like. Hang out on stage. People? They throw water bottles. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Because meeting people is hard work. So it's low-key inspirational, low-key mm-hmm. a little tragic. So this reminds me of the whole, like, racial vine dichotomy thing, right? Because everybody knows that white vine is, like, sometimes, like, you get your, you get your little breakthrough stars who are actually funny. Like sure. The, like the one girl who's in the car, you know. <laughs> Y'all, that could be anyone. Duties. I know, right? It could be anybody. But, like, the black folks on mine, black kids especially, mm-hmm. they be out here like running up walls and doing backflips and doing all but types that black of impressions. Right. But that backflip But though. that backflip And it's so crazy. I mean, not crazy. I get it. Nobody likes to give black folks shit. But it's, it's so wild that somebody's like, Vine's a big thing. We mm. should like find a Vine star to give a series to. And they pick this random white kid. You've never even heard of him. Like, if they had given Jay Rasachi a Netflix show, <gasps> do you know what kind of hijinks? Do you know what kind of faces he would have made? Do you know how hard I would have laughed? The hijinks that would have ensued. <laughs> uh, if only. If only. Hollywood, Jay Rasachi's out there now. He's in L.A. You know, Find him, give him listen, all the stuff. Listen, please. At least put him in season two of... Of Christian Whitehead, what is his name? What? I don't know what his name. Forgot. Jason Cameron. There you go. Christian Whitehead. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be called that. Mine as well. Who are you buying around for, Tracy? I am excited for this round. Ooh. Um, I came in with like a kind of a heavy round, mm. but it's been a heavy day. It's a heavy life. Let's lighten it up some. I am buying around for 
homemade cocktails. Ooh. And not just like, you know, you found some Hennessy someplace <laughs> and you're going to add some ginger ale. Not like your whiskey ginger. Okay. Not like your uh, wine spritzer. I'm talking about you carried your black ass at the liquor store <laughs> and you got like bitters mm. and like uh, actual fresh limes and you have like a juicer and you had like uh, vermouth. I don't Ooh. know what vermouth is. <laughs> I have no idea. But I know it's something that I usually only get in, like, actual bars. But do y'all know what? Mm. You can make that shit at home. (laughs) You can. And I'm saying this like I've been, like, making my own fancy cocktails. Listen, I have not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But I will say that when I was sick a while ago, I got to make my own hot toddies. Mm. And um, first of all, a hot toddy with no tea in it is way better than a hot toddy with this tea. This is a thing Nina as, told us. Yes. As a Southerner, I had no idea that you could have a hot toddy without tea. I'll allow it. Okay. We <laughs> sold heaven. Damn. Team hot toddy with no tea. But... Like, the preparation of the mm. hot toddy became, like, a ritual. You know, like, Ooh. I would go, I would get my little cutting board out, get my little knife, have some jam tunes playing. Uh, I'm, like, cutting up the the little lemon, and I, like, put a little garnish on it at the end. And okay. I sat back, and I was like, this is so fucking satisfying. Mm. I'm into it. So now I am um, seeking to expand my cocktail repertoire. Oh, okay. I also want, like, a little bar, like, in my apartment, like, a little bar Can you bring that to this dude? Listen, I will make everybody cocktails. You know we drink on this show? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're right. Up. Um, and also, speaking of this show and drinking, I should say that watching Nina, our producer, in here just, like, chopping up limes and, like, adding, like, little mint leaves and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, this She'd be, is... like, salt bay in this bitch. Yes! <laughs> just like, salt bay in the cocktails. And put a little mint on it. Yes. <laughs> um, but I'm... <laughs> Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna up my game. I'm gonna get me some cocktail recipes. I would love to know your favorite cocktails to make at home. Wait, didn't I get you a bar set thing? Yes, you did the little glass thing. Yeah, did and that help? It's going to. I haven't <laughs> used them yet. So far, I only put <laughs> bourbon in them. <laughs> wow. But I'm um, I'm growing up, and okay. I'm I'm so excited. I would love to have you over for home cocktails. Oh my night. god, I'm in home cocktail night. Like I've started to like collect like fancy little like I'm gonna bring like, Saint Germain glass. I will learn a cocktail just for that. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so excited. We did it. We did it. We did it. Thank you so much to Miss Joy Ann Reed. You can see her hosting AM Joy on weekend mornings on MSNBC. And you can find her at Joy Ann Reed on Twitter. That's J-O-Y-A-N-N-R-E-I-D. She be going off. She be tweeting. She's very, very, very smart. Shout out to Tunde Olani Ron. Tunde! AA for uh, making our hearts sing, even when our hearts are also heavy. <sighs> that was beautiful. Thank you. That was lovely. You can find him at Tunde Olani Ron on Twitter. That's T U N D E O L A N I R A N. Yes, he is a great all around human. Um, also, make sure that you are subscribed to the newsletter what? so that we can tell you how to find his music and how to get the rest of the lyrics for the song in case you want to sing it for us and send it to us. Shout out to the Paw Squad. Paw Squad. Can I tell you a quick a quick story that's probably not that interesting? Okay. Okay. Um, so a thing that happens in my head is every time we say shout out to the Pod Squad and I go Pod Squad. Mm-hmm. In my head, what I'm hearing is a song by De La Soul called Pawn Star. P-A-W-N Star. <laughs> Wait. And the chorus goes, Pawn Star. So that's what I hear when I say Pod Squad. <laughs> And now you guys know what happens in my head. 
There should be what happens in Tracy's head music. <laughs> there should be. And that's be. what happens in Tracy's head. It would be like really fun to bam 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 and then bam 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 and then it would be that kind of song. It'd be like the Price is Right theme song. Oh, I thought you meant the loser's horn. Oh, no, I meant the come on down. Yeah. Come on down, Tracy's thoughts. Hi, have you ever thought about how weird it would be if your fingertips had mouths? Welcome to Tracy's brain. We just made a new segment on the spot. Um, Shout out to the Pawn Star, a.k.a. the Pod Squad. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was produced by the lovely Nina Podic and Julia Ferlin with editorial oversight from Eleanor Kagan and Meg Kramer. And production support from the ravishing Chiquita Pascal. Um, Music. We got music. We can tell you who made it. Guess who did it? (laughs) Jean Grey. Guess where you can find her? At Jean Greasy on the Twitters. And also shout out to Don Will of Tanya Morgan. You can find him on Twitter at D-O-N-W-I-L-L. Um, also, if you're in um, New York, you should, and if you need a DJ, you should fucking hire him. He's great. Almost great. Facts. Facts on facts on facts. And you these can, are not alternative facts. These are not. But actual facts. You can find these real facts on real Twitter and real <laughs> Shout out to Tracy McGee. Oh, my gosh. At Broken McPoverty. Yep. And uh, shout out to Heaven at Heaven Rants on the Twitters. Heaven, like the place in the sky that some people think would be cool to go you know one of my favorite twitter things <laughs> i'm sorry um there's like a twitter meme that like one person tweeted and it was great then everybody stole it and it's like god colon do you want to go to heaven <laughs> me who are going <laughs> <laughs> so heaven like that place <laughs> That's hilarious. isn't it so good shout out to twitter Twitter is so great. Oh, man. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us on Twitter at Another Round. You can email us at AnotherRound at BuzzFeed.com. You can find us on the Facebook, as old people like to call it, at Another Round. So we're Another Round on all the things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can rate us on iTunes, tell a friend. Yeah. Um, we got this really lovely email from somebody who wanted to give us money. And I was like, oh, this is so sweet. Um, in lieu of sending us money... You should rate us very highly and tell all of your friends about it because word of mouth is so important when it comes to growing a podcast. Mm -hmm. So do that. Pretend that you're sending us money or you can donate that money that you would like to give us to your favorite social justice organization. We put a lot of them on our newsletter from time to time. Do that at BuzzFeed.com slash another round slash newsletter. Drink some water. Take your meds. Call your person. Back up your data. Back up your data. Floss. Yes, floss. Get a haircut. Trim your edges. Mm. Not your edges. You know what I mean. (laughs) Hold on to the edges. Yeah, hold on to the edges. (laughs) Trim your split ends. Yes. (laughs) You're going to need (laughs) those. It's winter outside. Yo, she's going to get cold. Um, We did it. We did it. It was fun. And we're back. That's my white dude radio voice. I love it. I feel like it's not goofy enough. Yeah, and we're bad. The fate. How did you? <laughs> you know, one thing that Eleanor has that. pointed out to me is mm-hmm. that Jim Carrey in the '90s is one of my comedy backgrounds. <laughs> wow, he is just like a backdrop of my comedy experience in American pop culture. You're you're very, and I did not know that until she pointed it out. You're and very Ace Ventura esque sometimes. That's exactly wow. what she said, <laughs> and I did not know that about myself. This has only made me love you more. Though. <laughs> Ace Ventura was a good ass movie. Thank you. The, I don't know why I'm saying that. I remember. That. <laughs> I know. Like I had anything to do with it. it. <laughs>
Thank you. It is a gem that I had some part in, apparently. <laughs> no, what are we talking about? Yeah, and we're back. <laughs> Thank you, Jim Carrey, for my comedic stylings. All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Okay, let's make the show. 